Is this mic turned on? Wax poetic. Hi, kids. I'm a dinosaur hunter BMX rider. All the little girls dream of one day biting into a corn dog and smiling at the camera. If I ran the web, you could email dead people. Wax poetic. And I don't give a moment's focus to who does or doesn't like the sound of my voice. In the terrarium is herpes. Herpes is a hermit crab. Just say no to family values. This is Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. So what if I write a poem like a song? Good afternoon and welcome to Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. I'm your host, one of your hosts, R.C. Weslowski. And I'm your other host, Pamela Bentley. And our guest today is Ian Williams. Hi, Ian. Hey, hi. Thanks for having me. Really glad to have you here. Uh, we haven't met before, so it was nice to get a chance to know you and your work. Uh, so we'll get you to start off with the poem, please. Well, a little bit of context for this poem. I wrote it, uh, I actually finished this poem this week, uh, this morning. Um, and last week, I was in a bit of a funk. And uh, uh, there was a text exchange between a friend and, and me. And so I can read you a bit of the text exchange. Uh, I wrote to her, I'm in a debilitating funk. Though things are going well, I don't know how folks are generally happy. Are you well? And she wrote back, I am well, trucking through great exhaustion. (laughs) And so the poem is called The Great Exhaustion. (laughs) You are getting sleepy, very sleepy. When you wake, you will not remember any of this. You will awake as if from a routine cleaning and the hygienist will give you a toothbrush, a tiny floss, and a mini sensodyne. Clinically proven to build relief and daily protection for sensitive, it is not injectable, unfortunately. In Whistler, your white friends ski down their own incisors. How many episodes before Netflix jostles your shoulder and asks if you're still watching? Are you? You don't drink, but it's all you do in the evenings alone while your white friends whistle down Whistler. There are mountains and molehills of words for what you are, sad, feel, sad, are. Are you sleepy, seasonally affected, affect disordered, begrudging all the whistlers who cheerfully eat protein bars after Sparta, typo, sports? (laughs) Street view autocorrects East Hastings into a street of gold. A caterpillar enters its sleeping bag. You are not a caterpillar. Don't expect wings to applaud your waking slow. Your life is not life everlasting or life more abundantly. You are tired, so very tired. A tree is falling in a forest. The tree is falling in a forest. The tree is falling in the forest. A tree is falling in the forest and no one's there. It is falling in slow motion toward you. Yes, you are there. It is falling slowly with its branches outstretched. I said you were there, toward you. I said no one's there. You thought you were there, slowly falling asleep, slowly still. I'm almost asleep. (laughs) 
<laughs> I am getting sleepy. It's at the end. It's supposed to hypnotize you. Right? Well, it Towards was kind of hypnotizing. I was like, wait, the poem ended. We need to say something. Um, mm. I love all the wordplay. Yeah. And yeah. all the experimenting of different, like with the, the f- repeated lines where you're just changing the uh, articles and right. what does it make it sound like. Yeah, like just this morning, right? So this feels really fresh and alive for me, you know, in a way that a poem isn't sealed and packaged and off uh, to be exported. Um, so it still feels um, very fresh. And is it the first time you've read it out loud? Yeah. Well, apart to myself, right? A lot of stuff happens with myself. But <laughs> <laughs> to people who exist and breathe apart from me, yeah. First uh-huh. time. First time. It's a good so. winter hibernation poem. Yeah. And we need it today. Um, yeah. So for that kind of thing, you, ju- you just wrote it. Now, is that would you say that that's, you're finished with it? Or will you now go back and play with it? Or have you done that already? Well, or? it's been about a couple of weeks, right? So it's, I feel like it's finished today. And um, it's been, this was actually a pretty quick poem, right? It took about four drafts or so. Um, and I move it through different documents to kind of, <laughs> it's like through different cycles in a washing machine. Mm-hmm. So it got to that final, final document uh, today. So I feel pretty good. And what happens next is I stick up the poems on uh, a wall in my apartment. Oh. And then I sort of live with it for a while. And while I'm tying my shoes and stuff, I look at it and I read it. Um, because part of it is sort of content and concep- conceptual. And then another part of it is design, right? So I need to look at it for a while um, before it really firms up. It still feels malleable. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, the poetry wall. Yeah, well, all that whole thing, that, that whole process, that, yeah. the malleable and the reading it while you're putting it, you know, so you're making it part of your ordinary everyday. Yeah, right. And like, does it work still? Yeah, absolutely, right? I really do have to live with it in a way like a physical object, mm-hmm. right? Not just as something that exists on my drive. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I like the image of your white friend skiing down there in incisors. <laughs> yes. nice, beautiful, surreal. They all kind seem of so a, happy. I mean, yeah, I don't yeah. know what's going on. I know how you can just, uh, it's almost like sometimes being in the dentist chair is a bit relaxing. Yeah. Yeah. My dentist, they ask, would you like us to put Netflix on? I'm like, no, I just want to close my eyes <laughs> right. and just be quiet right. while you work on me and pretend oh. that you don't have your fingers and your hands <laughs> yeah. in my mouth. I had a great hygienist who would just, she just talked to me and she just sort of lulled me and it didn't demand anything of me. I just had to be there and exist while she talked. It was a wonderfully soothing conversation, right? So little parts of the poem start activating themselves through yes. experiences like mm-hmm. that. And so, yeah, the dentist wasn't there originally. It was just the great exhaustion. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. So. so you were talking a little bit like in the text part of there. Mm. I'm curious. Um, uh, the idea like you're doing well, but it doesn't feel that way or, or yeah. it doesn't feel that way, but things are going well. And yeah. how do you how do you personally juggle that yeah. when well, that comes up? It's a weird uh, kind of life to inhabit, right, where things objectively uh, look like they're going well. And if you spoke to anybody and you said, I did this, I accomplished that, um, really, it's, it's all good. Um, but then there's a part of us, I think, that just can't be satisfied by what we achieve or accomplish. Mm-hmm. Um, and to give that that thing in us air yeah. um, and give it um, a listening to instead of suppression um, is what I've been doing. And so the poems come out um, with this odd admixture of like depression and also kind of lightness and humor mm. uh-huh. because things are going well, right? You know, I can crack a joke. Um, but at the same time, there's that weight that says, no, mm. your soul's not right. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah, And you're working towards, you said, probably in a couple of years, a new book. Yeah. Is, so. this, is this the kind of tone or through line of at least one section of the book? Is that what's... 
You're yeah. nodding your head. So it's going to sound quite different from, from Personals, the previous book. Um, so a novel comes out this fall. So I've been working on prose for like the last six years. Um, and I've swung back to poetry in the last couple of years. Um, and the new poems are... Um, uh, sort of jittery, like how I was in the waiting room there. Uh, <laughs> kind of jittery and nervous and sort of um, uh, grammatically obsessed, right? Mm. They keep revising themselves and editing uh. themselves and they're uncertain. Um, they're anxious poems. Uh, and they're trying to find this uh, homeostatic state and they can't quite seem to get there, right? They keep moving to a kind of equilibrium. Um, that keeps getting revised or disturbed or tipped over. So they feel slightly drunk. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that process makes sense then in those lines where you're trying the different articles. Yeah. Does playing tennis help? (laughs) Do you think about these poems when you're like, you think about them, you look at them when you're tying your shoes, do you think about them when you're hitting the ball? I'm just trying to hit hard and win, you know. But but no, tennis is actually great. So I've noticed this about myself. I do love patterns. I do love sort of... um, dense repetitions um, and tennis is really the sport for a guy like me who likes those things right so I just played for a couple of hours with a great colleague up at UBC and we get into these rhythms where it's just we listen to the sound of the ball and we yeah. can almost be blind yeah. and we just hear thwack 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 um, and the body sort of connects to it it's a, it's a dance and it's sonic it's just um, it can be transcendental right it's just a beautiful experience um, and so I guess there's a kind of tennis equivalent to the values I have in poetry, right? Mm. Just keep it going to keep the rhythm going um, with tiny adjustments um, to break the pattern. And then you get that feeling of when you hit the ball exactly right and it's that perfect sweet spot. No vibration. It's just like hitting the ball in baseball, right? uh, I know RC plays both tennis and softball. So, yeah. yeah, it's a sweet feeling, right? Yeah, and when it's in and not out, <laughs> yeah, it feels too. really good, and then it also counts. There's yeah, that yeah. too. There's a kind of constraint, right, it, with uh, with the court. Yeah, satisfying, yeah. satisfying. There's actually a tennis poem that I wrote. I don't have it on me, but okay. um, uh, yeah. Do you uh, like boxing at all? No, you think that would be good for me? Well, no, I just I, I saw a, um, I heard a radio interview. They were talking about uh, tennis and boxing, and they felt that um, this person was a boxing writer, I think, and they were, no, they were, they were a broadcaster, and they were talking about how they felt like they were equivalent huh. uh, in, in the context of how the match goes, a tennis match, and how a boxing oh, really? uh, match goes, huh. the back and forth, the back and forth, the dance, and then it's like the strike, and then it... The dance back and forth again, another strike, you know, and and you know how you're and the grunting to, and the grunting, and you're, <laughs> you're getting people off balance, and then yeah. you're staying on your So it was a really neat um, uh, metaphor, I thought. Yeah. So I was curious what. Except you got to hit people, <laughs> except for that. You're hitting the ball. You're hitting yeah, the but ball, all that. So. I mean, I was, I'm with you with all the stuff you just said, but like to me, that's like a huge difference. The violence, but the way people. it is, the rhythm of it. Yeah, is, is yeah, no, I, I yeah, I can see that yeah. for sure. I probably want to console them afterwards. Yeah, yeah, you hit them. Are you okay? You hit them. Are you okay? You're not hitting the ball at the other people you're just hitting the well, ball sometimes back. you are sometimes yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah. but you, yeah. you're sorry if it actually you know beans them in the head or something you should be yeah, unless yeah. you're losing right <laughs> yeah, yeah. then it's at the you judge <laughs> um, yeah. so you were saying you're playing up at UBC you're now a yeah. uh, professor there at UBC yeah, I joined UBC in January of 2017 um, yeah uh, a great colleague Ria Tregobov uh, retired and uh, she's still around still active and writing, mm-hmm. um, and so I replaced her. Now, when you were doing that, do you mm. do you um, 
when you're replacing somebody at a university, do you spend time with them before that? Like, do they mm. mentor you on through the process or just, okay, here you go? It's odd. We overlapped for a bit, right? So she was kind of like on a sabbatical her last year and it was my first um, first year there. So she was really present and active and it was, um, it was helpful. And that was a tough year for UBC in general. Um, this was, yeah, January 2017. And so it was nice to have her she's this warm motherly presence mm. right and her grad students would would say that too um and a fine writer and so it's good to have her have her present right yeah 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 i was saying when we when mm. you brought up her name before we went on air yeah. that she's often mentioned yeah. uh by students who've who are have been guests and who've been on, in her program? Like I remember, yeah. Ellie Swatsky mentioned her, yeah. and the Hila's Ghost people mentioned yeah. her, like Mallory, and uh, yeah, yeah. So um, it's a name that comes off quite uh, up quite often. I've seen right. her at readings. We've never actually had her on the show yet, though. Might be good. Yeah, yeah. no, I just made me think that. Why, why haven't we had her on? Yeah, the yeah show? no, I, I think we asked her one time. It didn't work out, and then we just yeah. So we'll yeah. have to do that. If you're listening, Ria, <laughs> um, we would like to have you on Wax Poetic. Um, <laughs> Hear your own poetry as well as other people talking about how you have helped them with their poetry. Yeah, now, yeah, you were teaching already before you came to UBC. I was. I was. I've had uh, a pretty longish career, right? So this is 12 years out of grad school mm. this year. Um, and taught in the States for a while, taught in Toronto. Um, went to University of Calgary on um, a, a residency and then back to Toronto and then moved to Vancouver. So been sort of bouncing back and forth um, <laughs> over the country. Yeah. Well, welcome to Vancouver. Yeah. Um, let's, I'd love to nice hear to another be. poem. Mm-hmm. Would you? Yes. Hmm. Um, okay. <laughs> I like that. You're amused oh, before you started. <laughs> a Vancouver kind of poem? Okay. Uh, a question mark? <laughs> it's called Gruyere, like the cheese. Instead of wealthy, wealthy people say comfortable, quite comfortable, they're quite comfortable to describe themselves and their silvering friends who are building houses on the island. They may say well-off in lieu of wealthy, in lieu of rich, to distinguish themselves, in lieu of Reich from the Nouveau. I stack great blocks of great-value cheese in my cart. I can't taste the difference between four cheddar and mild cheddar. (laughs) I know my cheeses by how orange they are. Four is oranger than what rhymes with the other. (laughs) Instead of a plate and a potato peeler, breakfast at your place involves a cheese platter and a Dutch cheese slicer. Three wedges of cheese audition. To vote, call (laughs) 1-866-IDLE-01. Sharp is an acquired word for an acquired taste. Tis better than saying, I like the one that tastes like my childhood. childhood. Huh. I'm learning. A fromagerie is more specialized than the no-frills cheese counter. Note, une fromagerie, but le fromage. <laughs> I like pictures of cows on my cheese. <laughs> know where I'm coming from? An island in the middle of nowhere. Dwell hath commanded thee by name to fill thy condo with uncomfortable Danish furniture. There are two people at a table for six. Note, not two of us, one and an other. Hmm. I am the sharp color of a grimace. Hmm. Yeah, a lot of money floating around Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, see, I hear now why you had the question mark at the end of it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure where it comes from or exactly how it circulates. But well, and UBC as well. I mean, I, I think of, I was out mm-hmm. on the campus the other day visiting somebody in the hospital, and I just mm-hmm. thought, you know, like it's, compared to other campuses I've been to, you can just 
feel yeah. it, right? Yeah. And all the new buildings that are being built. and Yeah. yeah. But you feel it when you drive through different parts of the city, right? Yes. Like, I think that's the word for it. You actually feel money <laughs> um, sort of in this, this city. And it can sort of, ooh, it passes through you kind of like a wave or something um, like loud bass or something in, mm -hmm. in music, right? Um, and you feel yourself sort of physically affected by just how wealth is being distributed around here. So. Yeah, and if you cozy up in a coffee shop in one of those places, you can kind of like melt into, like cheese maybe, I don't know, into the warm water of it, right? Like right. you could get comfortable. Right, right. You get comfortable, to use the word from your yeah. palm. You can believe you, yeah. that this is accessible to you. Right? Yeah. You can believe that you're part of this and that someday you will have this kind of wealth. Or it makes sense why people get comfortable and don't leave those little enclaves yeah. because it is easier it is easier yeah. <laughs> it's sad it's 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 a bit I, affecting yeah i like the way you're saying you know but people um i'm not rich i'm well off i'm mm. you know i'm not well off i'm, I'm doing all right i'm and, comfortable right, I'm comfortable you know kind of thing so not it's interesting wealthy, right yeah because you know maybe that's because compared to their friends perhaps they're not and right. you know and maybe in other aspects of their life they don't feel like they are right. too, you know well there's a kind of sort of tension between like canadian modesty and yeah. the fact that you know your house is going for like 1.8 million dollars right mm -hmm. <laughs> um and it's money that you never thought you'd see when you were when you were younger um, yeah, and I don't begrudge people their wealth, right? I don't know how it happened. Um, but there is something uh, sinister about it all the same. Some of right? it. Well, I mean, when there's, you know, millions and millions of dollars coming in through money laundering, and, you know, it's it's always been a drug port. Vancouver's mm -hmm. where a lot of illicit, you know, uh, mm -hmm. enterprises hap has happened on the, on the waterfront mm -hmm. uh, in a classic sense because that's, you know, mm -hmm. what happened. So there's always been that kind of... Uh, you know, money going on, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, gangsters, hell's angels to yeah. to, to the modern day, different modern kind of day wealth. ones. You know, it's a different kind of wealth, but they've still... Yeah, they probably wouldn't call themselves comfortable. No, I don't <laughs> think so. They would, you know, use some sort of slang word about, like, I'm rolling or something. I don't <laughs> well, know. I just thought he meant, like, you know, knowing that they might get shot. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Like, it's a, yeah, it's a different you know? kind of way of making your money. Yeah. Um, yeah. You had said that you were nominated for a uh, Griffin, oh, Griffin Poetry, Poetry Prize, Prize yeah. a few years ago. Great. And I was thinking when you were reading that first poem and the exhaustion thing about what you've been doing, you were mm. telling us that you're judging and you have mm. been reading and reading and yeah. reading. So tell us a little bit about like what wow. people might know how tiring that yeah, is. Yeah, so I... <laughs> I read my last set of books yesterday, so I'm judging uh, the Griffin uh, contest uh, this year. It's a 2017 prize. It ended in December. Um, and there are three judges. I'm the Canadian one. Ben Lerner is American, and Sarah Howe is uh, the British judge. Um, and altogether, like, we've read 583 books was the last oh, count. Oh, man. And, yeah, I got through the last few yesterday. Huh. So the great exhaustion is a, is a real thing. Um, just so much words and so much processing. At one point, I thought... Am I reading or am I processing? Yeah. I've become some kind of machine there. And there are poems that really unlock themselves with time. Mm. And uh, it's not a process that gives you a lot of time to sit with a poem for, for months or years, right? Mm -hmm. Like Wallace Stevens may not win the Griffin because, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it just takes time for him to process him. Um, but to see uh, sort of a bird's eye view of everything that's going on, like internationally mm. for a year in poetry has been really incredible and amazing. And you see certain trends and you see things that are cool. Um, and just about every book has merit. And, you know, there's a story behind every book and love behind every book. Mm -hmm. um, and to give 
um, those books and those writers their due attention um, was was important to me. Mm-hmm. So. And are those books submitted by the publisher saying, hey, here's what we want to submit to the Griffin, or, or how does that work? Well, the publishers, yeah, send, send in, I think, five copies or so to the Griffin, and then we, we read blind. Like, I don't go on the internet and research authors. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's the first book. I don't look at, at publishers. I don't look at anything. I just start on page one and start reading. Yeah. Now, you said you finished up your last batch of books. Are you trying to read, like, just one book? today oh. or try and get two or three and if oh I have, yeah. a, I have a follow-up question but let's go with that no first. it's just binging right it's okay. sort of like how i read i read it um uh for the last uh, month or so i've been pretty good about reading every night right um but before that it would just be like periods of binging the days that i wasn't teaching so and so then is there a point where you, like one poem just rolls into another poem and rolls into another poem and you got to mm. put it down and, mm. and come back to yeah. it? Or? Yeah, that happens. And that's when I stop, right? Yeah. That's when my attention isn't being sort of fairly given to, to the books, right? They're, getting, they're not getting what they deserve. Yeah. Um, so I put it down and I pick up that book again in the morning. And it is almost a different book um, by the mm. morning. Okay. But the problem is um, I, I think that mid-range of really competent books right like you can tell a bad book and you can tell a really exceptional and unique book but in the middle there are good solid b books Mm. right um which you know they may not win but they still have actually yeah there are books that you know are not on my short list um but that I have already read more than once Mm -hmm. right Uh. um because it did something important for me at that period in my life so um, it's not all technique and it's not all, um, it's not all like fireworks and stuff, right? That, mm-hmm. that determines whether a book is valuable or not. If I go back to it, there's some merit in it. And now you're going to get together with the other judges. Yeah. So we're going to talk soon and try to come up with a short list. Yeah. And how did you end up being a judge for that? Well, the Griffin Trust uh, contacted me. I'm not sure what the inside, uh. <laughs> what the inside story there looks like, but um, it's not part of the process. You were nominated before, uh, so then no. you become a judge. No, not 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 as far as I can tell. No, they just I'm sure maybe the trustees vote or whatever. Your name comes up, right? Right now, our names are probably circulating in the mouths of some people that we don't even know. Yeah. Right now, right? Somebody who loves us is talking or thinking about <laughs> us, right? So um, I love that idea that there are so many that you read more than once. Yeah. I, yeah. I would love at some point in the future, after everything has been announced, <laughs> if you could, like, I don't know, share that list. Uh, this is oh, what the best of what, this is what I enjoyed from the I things I read from all over the world. I might just I guess be, it's not possible oh, to do that. You know what I was going to do originally? I was going to, like, tweet out my favorite lines from every single book. And I've got like these flags and these stickies. Um, all if you come to my office, you'll see stickies <laughs> uh, like in in all of these books. But it's just not tenable to work. do that. It's you could tenable. get a research assistant to do that. <laughs> Good idea. T A. That would be a excellent, project for a grad student. Idea. <laughs> what kind of poem or what kind of line makes it jump out or stand out to you? What kind of takes your breath away? Yeah. Well, you know, if there's a kind of command or authority. Or um, a sense of self right from the beginning. I've been thinking about that. Like, what makes a, the difference between a competent poem and a really sort of exceptional one? Um, and there's something that just bypasses um, craft and workshops. And it almost is like this person um, has caught me at the right place and mm-hmm. knows exactly how to speak to me in this, in this moment. Um, and it's not necessarily an assertion of the I, right? It's not saying I am 
you know, in control of this poem, watch me. It's not that. It's um, sometimes a carefulness, sometimes it's a precision, it's like a needle point, right? Right from one person uh, to another. Yeah, it's a bit hard to sort of define what that quality is. Mm. Um, yeah, but it, it's unique, and when you see it, you do recognize it. There, another book that I've been going back to um, uh, repeatedly, um, at first, it was a good book at first, and then I was just in my kitchen one day, and I found myself sort of quoting something from the book. Mm-hmm. I was like, how did that happen? And yeah. that's what I mean about sort of the magic mm-hmm. of it, right? Like, um, uh, the ability to sort of bypass our defenses and our reason uh-huh. um, and get straight to the heart of things, which is what I hope to do with some of these hypnotic kinds of poems, right? Like, to sort of lull you into a trance and like, ah, oh, tree falls in the forest, the tree falls in the forest. And you find yourself mumbling this while you're driving home. Um, <laughs> it's that kind of thing that, that disarms us, right? right? Anything that disarms us, I think, is worth paying attention to. Well, let's hear another poem, see if we can disarm us some more. <laughs> While you're looking for that, I'll just say that our guest today is Ian Williams, and you are listening to us on Wax Poetic on Vancouver Co-op Radio 100.5 FM CFRO. You have poems, Pamela, though, don't you? Yes, but okay. this is your half hour. <laughs> so I'll read this one if you promise to read one afterwards. Oh, I don't know. We right might now. not. We're not going to have time. Oh, We're going to have time for yours. We're going to have time. We don't, we don't do that. We'll have to have, you can have me as a guest on something else sometime. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Next week holder to the Sarc. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this one is. A lot of these poems are not readable, right? When you look at them on the page, they they're designed, but they can't quite be said. So this one can be read. Yeah. It's called "Hair Is Choking the Drain." Someone should clean it. The drain in the tub and the drain in the sink with a hairpin or a paperclip or a finger, not it. Clean them. My friend in Africa has a cleaning lady. They are both black. He tidies up a little before she arrives. Not too much. Not to repeat myself. They are both black. Just a little. Because, shall I go on? And he doesn't make her, doesn't ask her to fold his laundry. Because his underwear, something about touching his. He told me, but I forget that he came home one afternoon and found her taking a shower in his, it goes without saying, yet in his bathroom. There's no hot water where she lives, and she's been drinking his bottled water. There's that. So anyway, so now there are plot-developing tensions between them Uh that can't be addressed because she's, you know, and some of the hair in the drain could be hers. Hmm. Oh, that's so great. <laughs> Love that reaction you had Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's, I can understand that, you know, that whole thing of maybe, or where you think about somebody in the house and, and, and they go through my clothes or go through the kit, you know, the fridge or something like right. that. And did they try something or right. not? And it's like, it's, it's like they, a horror movie set up. <laughs> they also leave something behind, yeah, right? Like yeah. we worry so much about people taking things from us, right? And stealing and robbing us or whatever. But, you know, there's also this kind of weird feeling about so-and-so used my yeah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, right? What did they leave behind for me? All that DNA. Well, and I love how it starts yeah, with somebody should do something about this. And I'm thinking <laughs> that it's you considering, oh, you know, like oh. I'm just in this uh, winter funk and I don't want to clean it myself. And then it turns into this poem where... 
Yeah, and, yep. and then Suddenly like it turns out that it's hers, and, and I mean, someone should clean it. You'd think mm. that you would think of that, right? If you're trying not to leave a trace. <laughs> right. And like this, right, you don't want to appear too dirty. <laughs> right, right. And you don't want the person that's paying you to know that you're using your shower. You should probably clean out the hair. Yeah, but yeah, I know right. there was so many tension. You're right, the tension, the right. plot, plot tension. There's so much tension in that yeah, poem. Things that can't be said or spoken, right? Yeah. So yeah. if um, we're almost out of time, so if yeah. anybody is interested, in tracking you down and you want them to uh, <laughs> is there a place online that they can do so or any other way I like that the, I want them to yeah. um, <laughs> ianwilliams.ca is my website ianwilliams.ca okay. or just google Ian Williams and UBC stuff pops up and what uh, yeah. class do you teach at UBC so I'm teaching a grad class right now grad workshop and an undergrad intro to poetry which is just uh, they're both wonderful in different ways Cool. So if somebody yeah. wants to go to UBC and... Uh, oh, yeah. Take Intro to Poetry. Take any of like the Intro Creative Writing courses, right? Yeah. It's a really great program. Cool. Yeah. So events-wise, Friday night is Talking Stick to Microphone. Talking Stick Festival is on now till February 24th, but that is a spoken word program. Bringing you back the thing that Zacchaeus Jackson Nice started when he was still alive. And that is Friday night at Café du Soleil, I believe. That's usually traditionally where it is mm -hmm. yep. on traditional Café du Soleil territory on traditional land. Um, and on Sunday at uh, Poetic Justice, uh, Andrew Parkin and Heidi Greco are featuring, and that is at the Heritage Grill at 2 p.m. on Sunday. And on Monday night... It's a Youth Poetry Slam happening at Café de Soleil for poets 13 to 20 years of age. It's the last chance slam for any uh, youth poets wanting to try and make the Youth Slam playoffs, which will be in March. So uh, Relevant is the uh, featured poet, and for the very least, to come check, uh, check him out. It'll be pretty cool. And the next weekend is Growing Room Festival, so uh, yeah. there's still some room in some of those events to sign up for. I signed up for like three or four and, and ended up not even having to pay anything because they were all free. Oh, great. And I'm volunteering, too. They have a couple more spots they need for volunteers, so go to their uh, web, festival website and sign up. And our guest next week will be Yonina Curtin, who is a part of that festival, so we'll talk more about it then as well. Uh, thanks, Ian, for being our guest today. Oh, pure pleasure. Yeah, it was great to have you here. Thanks. Cool. Uh, I'm R.C. Weslowski. And I'm Pam Bentley. You've been listening to Wax Poetic here on Co-op Radio CFRO 100.5 FM. No apologies necessary is coming up next. You've been listening to Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio CFRO 100.5 FM. So what? So what? So what? So what? So what? So what?